I believe that by being able to provide this experience, we are hopefully influencing people also to see the grand scale of things a little bit and hopefully remember that, you know, ultimately we're, we're all human beings and we're all on the same team. Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields. Hello, thanks for joining us today for your online coffee break. Today, I'd like to welcome to our show my special guest, Frank Bunger. Frank is the CEO and founder of Orion's Van, the company behind the world's first luxury space hotel, Aurora Station. Frank is a veteran technology executive and entrepreneur with a background across several industries, including software, hardware, and manufacturing. Welcome to the program, Frank. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Now, Frank, as an entrepreneur, what prompted you to start Orion's Van? Uh, space has always been a lifelong passion of mine. Since the time that I was a little boy uh, all the way through to the moment I started Orion Span. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like many kids, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid, but uh, I realized that life probably wasn't for me when I uh, discovered I got motion sick on my way driving to the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So uh, when I reached a point in my life where uh, I wanted to set out on my own and I wanted to chase my passion again, and space is and has always been a passion of mine. So I started to look around at how others were doing things, and I felt that there was a gap being left behind in low Earth orbit. We have, on the leading edge of space, we have uh, visionaries like Elon Musk, um, Bezos, and others who want to go to the moon and go to Mars, and many other companies that are trying ambitious things like asteroid capture, and um, then on the flip side, we have uh, a little bit more conservative space companies that are doing nanosats, cubesats, uh, essentially evolving a next stage of satellites. But what I felt there was not enough attention on was uh, low Earth orbit and specifically human uh, development in low Earth orbit. Uh, my, my view is that uh, if we can make visiting space routine, then we can eventually start to think about living there, and whether it's low Earth orbit or elsewhere, and uh, turn this into something that is a, a first step towards long-term human civilization in space. And these are the dreams of many, obviously. Uh, Elon Musk and others are targeting this as well. Uh, but you know, looking at low Earth orbit, it's the closest and the safest of all space destinations. So why not start there? Well, first step is truly amazing. Now, Aurora Station the world's first luxury space hotel has been so well received. In fact, I understand that in the first four months of uh, reservations sold out within 72 hours. Can you tell us a little bit more about the station? Sure. Yeah. So Aurora station is, uh, so from a a business standpoint, it's a turnkey an operation. So when I Mm -hmm. say turnkey, that means it's launched and it's immediately in service. So unlike others where uh, something is launched and needs assembly or inflation or other, uh, uh, other uh, tweaking, our station is immediately in service. From a uh, hotel point of view, what we're really providing here is the experience. We're not so much uh, giving a room with a view, although that, of course, is part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I think the key insight that we had and, and why we've become so, um, so popular all of a sudden is because uh, we realized that what, what people are after uh, is an astronaut experience. NASA gets 18,000 astronaut applicants per year 
So there is a, a group of individuals who have the means to join an exclusive club of uh, individuals who have visited space and have essentially gone through an astronaut experience, which includes training. It includes a certification process. It includes running experiments in space the same way that professional astronauts do on the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's really the, the, the crux of what we're providing here. And, and I think that's what uh, what fueled a lot of the excitement about us. Sure. Can you tell me a little bit more about the station itself as far as the size goes? I understand it can have up to six uh, people at a time, including two crew members. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, six, six people, two crew members, so four guests at a time. It'll be roughly a monthly cadence. So a 12-day trip for those four guests and the two crew. Uh, the station itself is uh, ha- has about the cabin interior of a large private jet. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you translate, the, the dimensions themselves are about 14 feet by 44 feet. Uh, the volume is uh, 5,650 cubic feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And then bear in mind that at any given point, there's always a spacecraft attached to the space station as well. So mm-hmm. that... Um, there's always additional volume available that doesn't include the station itself. Yeah, I thought that was an excellent idea too. Plus, I, I think you also mentioned that it was um, that could be used for medical purposes too, in case someone needs to. Uh, get yes. Rid of- yeah. Say there's an emergency then uh, or a solar flare or some such, then they can go into that spacecraft and uh, if somebody has a medical emergency, they can be back on the ground in one to two hours. Okay. And now current plans, I understand it's uh, set to launch sometime in 2021 with travelers by 2022. That's correct. Yep. Now the astronaut experience, you mentioned that it, it seems incredible because uh, obviously, you know, people mm-hmm. just can't sign up and go. Uh, what Can you tell us a little bit more about what's involved in the Orion Span astronaut certification program? Sure. Well, to, so to frame the astronaut experience, I think one, you know, one thing we've seen in the last uh, 10 to 15 years in, in the United States and, and not just in, in our nation and other nations across the world is that uh, there's been an increasing polarization of, of political views. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the great space thinkers like Carl Sagan, who considered, uh, considered, uh, international politics petty when you think of us as a pale blue dot looking at us from the distance of Saturn, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, I, I believe that we're, we are more similar than we are different and that that's true across uh, all nationalities and ethnicities. Um, So I I think one key thing that uh, when I thought about this as a project was not just, is it something that brings people together and it gives them a view of truly how, infinitesimally small we are in the grand scale of things in the universe. But also you listen to people like Richard Gary that have been to orbit. And he, he said that this, that going to the ISS was a profoundly life changing experience. Uh, it's, it's a before and after moment, you know, your mm-hmm. life before you went there and your life after. So I believe that by, by being able to provide this experience, uh, we are hopefully, uh, influencing people also to to see the grand scale of things a little bit, uh, and, and hopefully remember that you know ultimately we're we're all human beings and we're all on the same team. You know that is true, and that is so important. Exactly what you said. I've heard that time and time again that the people have actually been to space. Uh, once they come back, just their perspective of the Earth changes, and the more people that we can get going up there, especially on this level where we're talking basically civilians getting up to go up um, and experience uh, what. Aurora Station has to offer. I think it's going to be truly life changing for many. Yep. Yeah. I'm. I'm really, uh, really pleased to be able to to offer it, and I. I think we'll. Uh, after we get the first couple flights up, we'll have some really interesting insights from those folks. 
Oh, that's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to hear those stories. Now, visiting space is one thing, but I understand you can actually own a space condo. Uh, Tell us more about how your future astronauts can call Aurora Station home. Sure. Well, this is something we're thinking about for the future, so it's not not immediate. But mm-hmm. uh, again, my our first goal is to get visiting space a little bit more routine and get people comfortable with the, the idea. The longer term goal is let's actually get people to live in space. Uh, thanks to the efforts of the International Space Station, we now have a better understanding of how uh, how uh, space affect uh, zero gravity affects the body over extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, you know, we're getting closer to a possibility of having people up there for sustained periods of time, like Scott Kelly, who's been in space for more than a year mm-hmm. uh, in his total total lifetime. Um, so, so that that's one angle of the whole space condos piece. But there's also, uh, I think, what would be more likely to happen before that is that we want to use the space condos as an investment platform for people. Mm-hmm. So, say you are. Uh, an investor and you would like to uh, fund operations in space or you have a passion for space. So we want to be able to sell uh, that space. It's a a pressurized uh, area where people can stay or you can do all sorts of stuff. You could maybe 3D print there. You could uh, do research there Mm -hmm. and then let those people sublease it out to their customers. Uh, So to to draw an analogy here, if you uh, look back at the, um, the surge westward in the United States in the 1800s, it, people went west because they they were willing to take a risk that and the risk the payoff of that risk was they might get very wealthy off of gold or whatever mm-hmm. you know maybe uh, starting out a new city and new services. So thinking in the same way about space, uh, obviously in space there's no real estate that people can occupy. So my goal here was to in the long term, create a platform where people could have ownership and therefore uh, tap into uh, the possibility of making a tremendous amount of money um, by selling out that capacity, leasing out that capacity themselves, mm-hmm. probably in creative ways. Now, now, by that, are you referring to the uh, space as a service? Because, you know, as a software developer, I've certainly heard of software as a service. But with the mm-hmm. research and being able to lease that out, is that what you refer to as space as a service? Yeah, that, that's certainly the uh, part of it for us is we're we're going to be selling space also to uh, space agency astronauts and to uh, uh, to researchers. Uh, for the space condos, it's much more open ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ultimately going to be up to the investor how they would like to operate or use that that space. You you mentioned that you've had this passion in space since you were young. Can you tell me more about that? Like, what, what sparked your interest in space first? Do you remember? I don't remember a particular moment, but I remember always being fascinated by it. And, and I also remember that uh, growing up uh, as, a, as a little kid that uh, I had just missed the you know exciting splurge of the 60s and 70s when we got into space really, really quickly and fast. Right. The, the Apollo program went from drawing board to first launch in three years. Right. Just remarkable, remarkable time. Um, and, uh, you know, it was ultimately... Uh, competition uh, so it was part of the space race so when that space race ended um, this this whole new era started of international cooperation uh, so it was also a remarkable time because you, you look back at that time and think you know well this was late 70s early 80s at that time uh, the, the groups that came together to agree on international space stations is americans canadians europeans japanese russians only 30 years prior 
uh, we've been killing each other in right. World War II. Mm-hmm. So the fact that humanity had reached this, uh, or we as a civilization had reached this maturity point where we could say, you know what, let's put aside our differences and, and come together to do this, was itself a remarkable turning point, I think, in, in where we are at. Um, so, and this was around the same time that, that uh, I came into this world. Uh, so, uh, you know, with great interest, I watched the, the shuttle program and, uh, you know, in the early days, the ISS was imagined to be many, many more things than just the space laboratory. Right. And over time, politics and uh, budgetary constraints changed that a little bit. Um, but, you know, you saw that it, it was a critical effort to understand how we could actually live in space or be in space for a sustained amount of time. So um, then when uh, fast forward to the mid-2000s when SpaceX got going, and, you know, everybody discredited uh, SpaceX and said it's impossible. Right. But, mm-hmm. I mean, look, there's, there's a thriving and highly successful private rocket business. I mean, this, this was this was unthinkable in the 80s and 90s. And today it is a reality. And it's uh, every day there's another player lighting up saying that they can get this to orbit cheaper, faster than anyone else. So I think we've reached a, uh, a turning point here where, uh, just like in technology, there was a, a Cambrian moment, an explosion of, of services and companies. Uh, I think we're on the cusp of the same type of moment in space, and it's probably uh, about five years out. As uh, launch costs go down, more and more services become available. Technology obviously becomes better. Uh, it, it's really an exciting time, and you know, in, in our lifetime, we're going to see a bloom of opportunity and economic activity in orbit. And Frank, and it's thanks to visionaries like you. I put you right up there with Elon Musk. I commend you and Orion Span and <laughs> your vision <laughs> on Aurora Station. Congratulations on this program. I'm going to watch this and, and cannot wait. And I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for a Groupon to come out so I can sign up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> there you go. I'll be the first one to sign up yeah. once, once it happens. Frank, thanks again for yeah. joining me today. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Online Coffee Break. That is going to be so amazing when civilians actually get to lift off and go spend a luxurious night in space aboard Aurora Station. As Frank said, it's set to launch in 2021 and the ability to receive guests by 2022, only a few short years away. For more information or to put down a deposit for your trip into space, please visit orionspan.com. That's O-R-I-O-N-S-P-A-N.com. You've been listening to your online coffee break. If you'd like to comment on today's topic or subscribe to the series, visit us at onlinecoffeebreak.com or on facebook.com forward slash online coffee break. You can also follow us on instagram.com forward slash online coffee break or just search for us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening today. See you next time.